Welcome to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you are trying to evaluate whether real estate is the right career for you, wondering whether you're doing the right things to launch into quick success, or looking for tips and tools you can use today to become a more productive agent, this is your podcast. Welcome to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. This is episode 14, and today we are going to be talking about how to get listings. I'm Meredith Fogel here with my co-host, Valerie Harnwong. Thank you for joining us. And uh, just a reminder to leave us a review, ratings, and show ideas. We are so appreciative for those of you who have left us reviews and ratings. If you leave us a rating, please take a second just to rate a few words about what you like about the show or what we could do better or even better, a few little nuggets of what you have um, gotten from the show, ideas or you know, any kind of inspiration that we've given you. We hope we're, we're giving you some here. So thank you, thank you. Do you think we have 2,000 new agents? <laughs> we have 2,000. Can you imagine? That would be Maybe. <laughs> Things are, supposedly agent count is growing right now, so it's it's possible. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, you want to be a real thing. Yeah, so, two, over anyway. 2,000 people. Apparently. Right. Yeah. So in our last episode, we talked about holding an effective open house, and we got actually lots of good feedback about that episode, so thank you for that. And the episode before, we talked about whether you are cut out to be a listing agent or a buyer's agent. We had that quiz, which a bunch of you took, so that was really fun. And what was interesting is it was much more buyer's agent heavy, the results. They were almost, I would say 75% of the results were you're cut out to be a buyer's agent, maybe... Another 20% was you're cut out to be a listing agent. And then that 5% left over was you could go either way. Like you could do right. either one, which I thought that was super interesting. The people that could do either equally well. Uh, so if you haven't taken the quiz and you want to, you can find that on our Facebook page or at our website, which is therealestaterainmakers.com. Let's dig into today's topic how to get listings. And you have the insight of two agents who do things kind of differently in this way. So I have a kind of um, vast generalized marketing approach to get listings and listing is more of what I do. But Valerie is also very effective, even though she works more with buyers in obtaining listings and representing sellers. So we're going to share with you our insights into how each of us goes about securing listing business. And you'll see some overlap in some things that we do differently. The reason that we, the saying in real estate is that, you know, you have to list to last is that listings do spawn other business. In fact, every listing should spawn at least two, two buyers. And we find it's more like three buyers, right? Right. And one additional listing. So just by virtue of listing, your business will grow organically. Why? Because listings provide visibility as you market your listing and thereby you're marketing your business as well. And it also puts you in contact with other buyers and sellers in your market. You always say, Valerie, you know, the open house is a good good place that you're being exposed to other buyers and sellers in your market. Right. So that brings you a lot of people. Tom Ferry, who I just started coaching with, shout out to Tom Ferry, says, real estate is a contact sport. I love that. And listings enable you to make contact, right? They put you in the field of play with the buyers and sellers who might enlist you to help them. Listings also give you content for your print, your online, your social media marketing. And as you advertise the new listing and the listing goes under contract and then the listing sells, you're also just naturally advertising your success and your business as well. 
when you become dominant in a geographic farm area with your listings, you also begin to be known as the go-to agent in your farm. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later in the show. And that gives you even greater leverage. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree, Valerie, that that's a place that you can really shine if you differentiate yourself as a geographic expert? Definitely. That's what, um, and that's when I'm sitting at an open house, that's what I try to kind of not really sell asking for a buyer or a listing mm-hmm. client is just more right showing that knowledge and then they're attracted to you so yeah. definitely yes I would say we are kind of lucky that we have our area of expertise so yeah. that makes it I always say you can't be an expert of all of Maryland yes. I, mean, I can drive you to Baltimore but I don't really know Baltimore you know yeah that reminds me there's actually a contributor to the book who said I love this quote she said uh, I believe that when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. Exactly. And I have to say, I would like refer people that want to yeah. be in Annapolis or whatever. And I always say, it's it's actually kind of nice because you're almost self-deprecating of, hey, I can't be of help to you this mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So I'll pass you on to someone I trust and know that works. That yeah. And they're like, wow, you know, you're not being greedy driving to the middle of nowhere that you have no expertise in. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So it's funny because then those people will send me other people that are in my area. You know, so and that's we are kind of way not taking that business gives me more business. So true. That's such a good point. And that's actually really similar to what I think it was Amy Broghammer, who's the agent who uh, contributed to farming for real estate agents that said that quote. And she said the same thing. She actually has. She has a minimum price point and she doesn't work more than 30 miles from her house. Exactly. Or maybe it's 30 minutes. 30 minutes, I think, 30 from her minutes, house. Yeah. Um, she refers out, but she says the same thing. That brings her referral business back in. So, right. really smart way I to do it. I always tell people a joke. I can tell you where to get the best cheeseburger, the best haircut, but literally, if you you can't. I mean, that's why I don't do all of Maryland. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And one of the things we talked about in the last episode is, again, that open house can sometimes be like an interview in disguise by a seller, right? They come in and they're evaluating how well are you presenting the house that you're holding open? How are you engaging with people? How are you communicating? So when a seller who is from your area comes in and they are thinking about buying perhaps or just selling, they're evaluating you. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. And that's why I always say, and I think you've said this, that you have to be in the open house like the seller is standing next to you. Yes. Yes. Because if not, like I always say this about people that are nice to me, but I know they're mean to someone else. I'm like, well, as soon as I'm gone, I'm sure they're saying the same thing about me. I have no delusions. <laughs> so same thing with the, if you're like, well, they overpriced the house or their kitchen is not really that cute. Well, if they give you their listing, they're going to say, you're going to be saying the same thing. So it's really weird, but it's exactly, what is it? Behave as in. What, what's that? There's that phrase of like, no one's watching. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the, that's the definition of honesty. Oh. Like you have to behave the same way. Not because yes. people are watching you're being good. Yes. Like it could yes. be a camera, but you should always behave. Right. Know, right. And I can't remember the phrase either, but I know exactly what right. you're talking about. Yeah. 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 If you guys remember it, tweet us. <laughs> or like no one's watching. I can't remember the definition of honesty. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and so and that's also a reason to hold the um, neighbors open hour so that you can engage with people who might be coming in to interview you about listing their house because sometimes you do get people and they take right. you off on the tangent of well how about my house my how, how about my house but you need to be interacting because they might have a similar house you're right yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly so they're looking to see either what they can improve or what yep yeah. yep. And then referrals are also an excellent source of listing business. And I know this is a place between your referrals and your sphere of influence. Right. So 
Can you talk a little bit about how you think that you are getting most of your listing business? Because I know you do your postcards to your sphere. Right. But I have to say, honestly, I don't think I've ever interviewed for a listing. Wow, never. Because it's always been an organic person. And I've told you this before, like any of my clients become just part of my tribe. Like I love them forever. If we don't kill each other during the transaction. (laughs) So therefore I just keep in touch, keep in touch till it's time. And then they just call me. So I've never, I don't think been in really competition with anyone, which it's funny because if I don't have that, and this is just me and probably that's why I don't get that much listing business. But if I don't have that connection with the person where I'm super blunt because it's a more like crazy transaction. So if I can't feel like I can manage the people and their expectations, I can't just take a stranger and do the same thing. Mm. But that's just me. That's why I do probably 80% of buyers and a 20% listing side. So I've never had to actually do, I still bring my presentation because you know they need to know they're getting value for the commission and everything else. But it's already almost like a done deal. They're just confirming, you know. It makes so much sense. And I mean, that you have that built-in trust when you go in. Which, Correct. Like you said, right. makes it makes the whole transaction just easier to navigate yeah. for people. Yeah. So let's talk about getting your sphere of influence to refer sellers to you, right? So this is where it can get a little bit difficult. Is right. shaking those kind of that tree where your sphere of influence and your past clients sit who might never be thinking of selling their house, but you want them because they trust you to engender that same trust in a seller who then might contact you. So first you have to contact your sphere of influence, right? You got to ask them for the business. So you do a good job with that. When you're talking to people, you're genuine and organic about it, but talk about your postcards for a second. You have a specific message that you put in your postcards. So you've got like a testimonial, right? And then you say, you you tell people, thank you for the referrals, right? Right. And you ask for more. Well, and it's funny because sometimes it's not a referral, but it's almost like a little reminder of people that I need referrals. Yeah. So I always go, thank you for all the referrals. Keep them coming. You know, yes, so even if I just met them without a referral, it's almost like keep top of mind for yes. people. Right. But it's funny because when you do 80% buyer's agent, mm-hmm. it's really hard. People just don't understand the industry and they're like, oh, you list too? Mm-hmm. Like I've had people go, oh, you do Germantown? I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. so you have to be like you're saying, you have to ask pointedly. Yes. Almost like state the obvious. Yes. Like, yes, of course I can list it also. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And putting that call to action in there that keep them coming, like that's so important, I think. And I think the other thing is when you're putting a message in there, it's almost like, I don't want to say guilt, but a little bit of like motivation. It's kind of like, right. you know, when you're somebody has, yes. yeah, <laughs> like when somebody on Facebook has like a, they're doing a, a donation campaign for something, right? They're doing a, a 5k for some charitable organization. And you see that, like, I see that you gave to them and I see that Chris McMahon gave to them. And I see that my cousin gave to them and I'm like, well, I guess I should also, right? right? Because now I don't want to be like the only one who didn't give to them. That's rude. But sort of the same kind of mentality, right? right? They see everybody else is sending you referrals. So, oh, wait, do I have anybody to send? Exactly. I think they, it really kind of like jogs people's, people's minds that way. Um, and then when you're contacting your sphere, this script, and thank you again, Tom Ferry, for this is so elegant and simple, I think. And it is simply this. Have you had any thoughts of selling, right? Have you had any thoughts of selling? What I love about that script, it's kind of soft. It isn't like salesy, pushy, aggressive. And who hasn't had a thought of selling at some point? So the answer might be, 
Well, not right now. I mean, we might like down the road after the kids are out of school, after the kids have graduated or whatever, and you, you write that down. Or, well, you know, no, but we might buy a vacation home eventually. You write that down. We haven't, but, you know, the neighbor next door said that they might be thinking of selling. So it's a great conversation starter for going down that road of trying to figure out, are they a potential seller or do they know somebody who is that you can then loop into your, your lead generation system? And then if the seller says, well, the neighbor next door has mentioned that they're selling it in a, in a environment like this, where it's 2020 November right now, really, really tight market in case you're listening to this in the future at some point, hopefully you're not dealing with COVID if you are. In, in a market where inventory is this tight, we're demonstrating our proactivity by contacting our sphere of influence, especially if you're in a geographic farm and saying, you know, I am just turning over every rock I can for buyers right now because there is just nothing for buyers to buy. So just call on my sphere to see, like, have you had any thoughts? And I'm sure you see, like, how prices are skyrocketing right now. Just in case, in the off chance, would you have you had any thoughts? And people will be honest with you then, and they'll try to help you out. They say, no, well, we don't, we haven't, but... The next door neighbor, actually, I was just talking to him while we were walking the dog the other day. He said something about maybe moving to the Outer Banks or wherever they're moving. That's fantastic. Hey, what do you think the best way to reach them is? Do you have an email or you know phone number for them? Don't let them off the hook without giving you that information because if it goes the other way and the response is, well, I'll ask them to give you a call if they're interested, chances are you'll never hear from that person. So get at least get the address that much you can do for sure but see whether you can get the contact information name phone number email address for that next door neighbor and you know going back quickly to the postcards yeah i do that um the thank you for referrals but also just showing them that you're busy again my sphere is not people honestly as a joke i always say i don't want you to move because these are my friends most of them so it's just top of mind of God, she's killing it. So of course they're going to think when her hairdresser says like, well, my friend is killing it. So it's kind of funny. Like I sometimes like, they don't need to know I sold something, but I still tell him just, it's almost like a little brag sheet. You know? Yes. I, that's so important being yeah. keeping top of mind. That's, that's right. Uh, that's half the battle actually in real estate is making sure that you are at the top of a buyer Correct. or seller's mind Correct. when their mind actually does turn to buying or selling. Correct. Exactly. And then, of course, you want to make sure that you're thanking somebody who refers to That's you. That's what I was going to tell you. Yes. them with food or something. Something, yes. yeah. Take them a little thank you. And again, as we always say, reward the action, not the result. I was going to say, even if it doesn't pan out, immediately. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you yeah, know what's really great to do? Those little Starbucks, um, you do them on the phone. Oh. You do like a $5 Starbucks text. Oh and you get gosh, a gift certificate. A idea. Yeah, it's really cool at the moment. Like they send me someone, it, five bucks, that's like nothing. And right. you do it on the phone. Right, right. And it's people appreciate so it. And appreciate you take the cutest graphics oh. and say thank you. And again, if it doesn't pan out for the first one, next one, it will pan out. Exactly, you know? exactly. And they're so surprised by just the gesture of thanks. Like they didn't expect it. So Correct. it just cements you again as being like a good, generous person in their minds. Right. Um, and then, like you said, advertise your success to your sphere. So that's what you were yeah, saying about the exactly. postcards. Be, yes. Always be busy, busy, busy. And do that on your social media too. The same, like take a picture of your postcard, put it on social and it's media. Funny because sometimes I'm not busy or I was so busy that suddenly now I have like a dip and I do all these advertising and people are like, you're killing it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh good. Like yes. it's giving different. I mean, I was killing it, but I didn't have time to. Right. brag about it then so yeah just keep that it's like a snowball you have to keep it going yes you know? yes exactly 
Now let's talk about turning past buyers into sellers, and you're good at this. What do you think the best way is to get someone who has been your past buyer to turn, you've got one right now, to turn into a seller? Yeah, and it's mostly, I mean, first just keeping in touch with the success of, yes, I keep selling, I'm killing it in the market, and things like that. But also, like, if I find something, like, I know their house, like, oh, my God, look at this paint color. I thought of your house. Like, being helpful and nice, not always so businessy, like, you know what I mean? Connecting on a more personal level. Yes, and it's weird by the time they're ready. They're like, hey, because they feel like they're calling their sister or mom. It's not a big, huge, like, oh, I got to interview people. Right, and probably they would never even think to call anybody else because they developed that relationship. I think for my last three, I've never, like, I... I don't even like the interview thing, which I know you're great at, but I'm more like, yeah, it's yeah. almost like a done deal by the time I get there, Yeah, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah. yeah. And this particular one I was just mentioning was a buyer. Now they're a seller and a buyer. Exactly. So it's even further a snowball. Exactly. Yeah. Which Plus is they really love this transaction. So now he added one more person yeah. with him and that person's referring me other people. So amazing. As long as good karma moves forward, yeah. which is good. And that's, we always say real estate is the business yeah. of relationships and that's, you're right. so And right. We have nine years between the first transaction and yeah. these two transactions. Right. So the whole time I was always like, and you know, what's funny. I have this second one that was the daughter and now it's the dad. Mm. And literally, I didn't know if she had, she never called me in this five years. Never. But I'm like, she was on my postcard. I'm like, I just want to make sure because I really did enjoy helping her. And now, like, I'm I'm so loving helping her dad. And I mean, it's the same. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It's, you have to do it. You have to want to do it. I mean, what's the, exactly. You almost can't do it thinking, oh, they're going to sell in five years. Because that, that's just not going to work. That's bad karma. No, never go into a relationship to get the business. Yes. That should should never be the motive. I think you can tell. I mean, if it's like this weird, yeah. Absolutely. People can like see the dollar signs in your eyes when you do that. But you know that statistic that says that only 11% of buyers or sellers use the same real estate agent twice? Oh my God. Yeah. And most of that is because of what we call estrangement because they either they forgot or sometimes people are like, well, I guess they didn't care about me. They cha-ching, got their check, never contacted me again. So that's where just by virtue of maintaining the relationship and again, in a genuine, authentic way, not ever because they might buy or sell with you, but because you actually are interested in them as a human being. That's what brings the business back to you. The referrals, the repeat business. That's, that's what does it. Totally. Yeah. So let's talk about farming for a second. What does farming mean? First of all, farming means selecting a geographic, a specific geographic area and concentrating your marketing efforts there. Marketing efforts are varied, and we talk about all of this in the book that I mentioned before coming out very soon. It's called Farming for Real Estate Agents, and you're going to be using a combination of efforts to dominate the geographic farm, and it really is one of the most efficient and effective ways of becoming successful in real estate because it automatically elevates you and differentiates you from your pool of competitors, which is, which is vast as, as we know from all these agents coming on the market. Right. right exactly. <laughs> 2000. 2000. Right. <laughs> um, so 
there are some things that, that you can do to get your foot in the door if you don't already have a foot in the door of your geographic market. And one of those things is to use direct mailers and ads. Most communities have like a little newspaper and people read those. Those are sort of the only newspapers people read these days. Right. If you place an ad in the newspaper, not only are you supporting the newspaper, but you're making yourself stand out. And then coupons. So this was something I did when there was, we have two neighborhoods that kind of adjoin. Oh, that's right. And there was one part of the neighborhood that I was really dominant in. The other one, I like could not really get my foot in the door and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I always say, when I see somebody list with another agent, I look and see who it is. And if I don't know the person, I'm like, well, that's on me, right? I don't right. know them. I didn't get in front of them. I don't know the name. That's my problem. So how do I get to know? I certainly can't know, you know, 1600 different homeowners, but maybe I can somehow get myself in front of them and catch their attention. And again, differentiate myself among the pool of competitors who are sending basically the same mailers out month after month. So what I did was I did a coupon for a percentage off the total list side commission dollar amount for a particular period of time. I started this like what, three, four years ago, something like that. Sent it out. Guess what? The phone started ringing. I did it one time. People love coupons. People love coupons. <laughs> who knew? They would, but they love the savings, right? And it gave right. them a reason. Plus, they probably kind of knew you, and then that was the over right, the list kind of thing. to right. actually call Correct. me. Right. So if they were already going to interview so and so, they're like, "Well, maybe we'll save X amount exactly. if we call her." So let's give her a shot. And they did. And I started to get listings. So keep that in your arsenal. That's a really good one. And then you also have to use systems to become this farming expert and kind of the go-to agent for all things real estate related in your geographic area. So the systems, and we're going to explore these in future shows, and these are also all on uh, in the book, Farming for Real Estate Agents. You can also get access to subscribe to the systems on our website, therealestaterainmakers.com. So there's an expired system, a for sale by owner system, which includes what we call our fair trade agreement, which is really cool, an absentee owner system, a vendor referral system, an agent referral system, and a buyer looking letter system. And this is the system we're going to talk about a little bit more today because it's been so effective. Valerie has used it. She wasn't a true believer until she started to work. Let's talk about what is the buyer looking system, first of all. So the buyer looking letter system is... When you have a buyer looking for a house in a particular community and a particular style house, you send a letter to the homeowners of that style house in that community and every single person. It takes some work. You have to do some research. You have to find the owner's names. You have to make sure it's addressed properly. You have to hand address. I repeat, hand address. If you put a label on there, it's going to get tossed. Don't have your, you know, don't feed it through the printer and let it be printed. Hand address it, it's like 90% more likely to be opened if you do that. The letter is very brief and it basically says, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, use their names again. I have a buyer who is looking specifically for a home like yours. And you can get as specific as saying, looking for a townhome with a main level entry and three and a half baths. Their time frame is X. They're pre-qualified and ready to purchase because inventory is so low. I'm hoping if you're thinking of selling, you might give us the opportunity of being first in the door to take a look at it. Thank you so much for your help. Please feel free to contact me here, here, here. Put it in their mailbox and they do, they do often call you, right? How it works is it's something different, right? There's a call to action. It's personal. And sometimes you are just striking the iron right at the right time while the seller was just about to call an agent to put the house on the market. Valerie, why do you think it's effective? 
You know, and it's funny, I'm 50, I'm batting 50-50 on it. Okay. Because I did one, and we found the exact place we wanted. It was perfect. She actually didn't call me. She called her agent, mm-hmm. and then, because they were getting ready, and then um, he called me. And then my second one, um, it's so funny, because I feel I'm responsible for all these townhomes here going ah. on. <laughs> So they didn't call me back, but like later people were like, oh yeah, we got that letter. So they knew there were, there was a demand out there. So maybe I was the catalyst, even though it didn't help us. And I ended up actually getting on a different way, but maybe I put something into motion that made me get that, you know? Right. Yeah, but it's funny because people might be thinking about it and then suddenly this one little spark comes in and they're like, oh my gosh, there are people looking, let's just do it, you know? Exactly. And so I, I told Valerie the story, but I'll tell you guys, the, the most recent listing that I took in Kentlands, the person who called me um, called after she had received a letter in the mail at a critical moment in her life. And it was a buyer looking letter. Now, this was back in August. Was it yours? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was back in August for a buyer I had looking then who has since settled on a house long you know, about a month ago. But anyway, she gets this letter, right? And she's like thinking, oh, is this a sign in some way that, you know, I should call this person. She was not emotionally in a state where she was ready to put the house on the market at that time. Then she got a postcard for me. Then she got another oh, postcard. Oh, that's funny. Then she saw a sign. <laughs> then she saw my ad. She saw a sign, literally. Sign, yeah. It's a sign. Well, and then she was walking with this women's group that she walked with in the morning. Right. And she asked the one of the women that was with her, hey, do you know? And I happened to be that person's real estate agent oh, when she that's bought and sold. Funny. So right. she was like, and then I knew it was a sign. Maybe. Right. Maybe it's strategy. Maybe it's a sign, but whatever. Right. But she's the loveliest person. And I'm so happy to be able to help her because, you know, sometimes we help people through a joyful thing. Yes. Sometimes we help people through a difficult thing and I think sometimes the difficult pieces are where we're, we're most needed and make us feel most fulfilled so yes I'm glad I can hold her hand through this now another thing that can happen and this happened to me like a year or two ago um, over here on Chevy Chase Street I sent a buyer looking letter out looking for one of those top level we have what we call uh, piggyback units here so that's like a four level building and the bottom is the bottom two levels are one house the top two are another house so this was for the top level of those. So I send this buyer looking letter out and I get a call. They say, hey, you know, we're, we're just about to put our house on the market and we got your letter. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We just went under contract on another unit. And they said, oh no, we want you to list our house. Oh and I was my like, God. okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I listed their house and sold it right away. But, you know, that kind of thing can happen. So right. if you don't, you know, it could you have been. You don't send it, then never, right. Right. And if, if they hadn't said that right away, guess what my, my next line would have been is, you know, well, we just, the buyer just wanted a contract on something else, but I find buyers all the time for houses like yours. Can I come over and take a look at it? Right. And, you know, let me talk to you about possibly listing it for you and then asking the questions and going down the listing road. So that buyer letter system, buyer looking letter system is gold. Right. If you want to, t- to see more about it, all the tools again. And you know what I website. do, which takes a little bit longer, but I do do the tax records because if it's mm-hmm. someone that just have bought to. two years ago yeah. or I know they bought at the peak of the market, you know, I kind of make a... Because, yeah, if it's a year out, they'll be like, why is she sending me this? So right. that's annoying. So I try to be like people that, mm, if I offer them what I think we're looking for, they might be worth, you know. Oh, that's okay. Worth- so you go back like past a full year of ownership, in other words. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can see in the tax records, like when right. if it was when it it's 2020, correct. Yeah. If they're 2012 and they yep. 
to make $80,000, that might be worth it. Yeah. If it's so close, then no, why would right. we sell? You right. Know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's what I'm saying. It does take some prep work. It does take Correct. some research. But, but you know what? It's well worth the TV, it. a night. Yes. It's, so it's worth it. Yeah. Because look at it. The one I sold, that's how much in commission. So yes. that few hours was so worth it. Totally. And if you don't have an assistant, corral your kids, your husband to yeah. help you seal those envelopes, stuff them, seal them, put the stamp yeah. on them, makes it a lot easier. All right. Well, all good stuff today. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. And I hope you start using buyer looking letters to turn over some rocks and get yourself some business and that you work that sphere to get listings. In our next show, we are going to be discussing how to prevail in a seller's market. We are in an ultra competitive market right now. And we're going to be talking about the best practices you can use to be a proactive buyer's agent. So Valerie, you're going to be kind of the expert here. And there's a lot we've talked about. So Valerie and I always chat about, you know, the struggles, the trials and tribulations of trying to help our buyers compete in a market like this. And it's tough because right now, one, there's not anything out there for people to buy. Two, everything is leapfrogging the last thing in terms of pricing. And sometimes the numerical data we have, it's tough to grapple with. It doesn't really support what the buyer is thinking they might want to pay or have to pay for a house. Exactly. So we're going to talk about all of that and what your kind of like metal as an agent needs to be an agent and a real resource for your clients, how much to push, how much to advise, how much to hold back, what the appropriate things to do are. And again, it's a tough one. So this is where you got to make sure that you're, you're really cut out to be in this business, especially if you took that quiz and you came out as buyer's agent, you need to listen to this episode. Exactly. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. Please remember to leave us a review and or a rating and send us your show ideas. As always, this has been So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. I'm Meredith Vogel, along with Valerie Hernal. And we'll see you next time. We are so grateful you joined us today on So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you're still not sure real estate is the right career for you, tune in to our next episodes. If you're more sure than ever, Tune into future episodes for more tips, tools, and insider secrets that will help you launch into productive action and achieve quick success. Just a reminder that we love reviews. Please let us know what you like best about this podcast, what we could do better, ask us questions, or send us show ideas. Check out our show notes page for our contact info or visit our website, therealestaterainmakers.com for access to the tools, tips, systems, and other great resources we mentioned on the show. I'm Meredith Vogel. And Valerie Hernal. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.